Welcome back to another episode of On the Bench with Beaks, coming to you from the state where the abs like to shoot from the hip and are hoping to give the cup a lift. This is episode number 80, and I am your titular host, Cody Beekman, and with me as always is Bryce McMillan. Hey, what's up? We are here. Oh, we are always here, so check this out. We are in the midst of the Stanley Cup Finals, just waiting for this thing to begin. We finally figured out the top two teams that are going to be playing is going to be the Colorado Avalanche versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. This is going to be an amazing series. It is, and I don't think that Lightning strike three times in the same place there, Cody. So uh, I feel pretty good about what's happening here in CO State. How I mean, how how dangerous is a lightning strike when there's an avalanche coming down a mountain? We will find out. So let's let's get into this. I mean, obviously we like to talk, do a little league talk. There's a few uh, you know unique things about this about this uh, playoff series. Uh, one thing that I thought was really funny that came out today is that are we recording? Is that this is the first time in the the Stanley Cup Finals in the NHL where a team doesn't a uh, team's name doesn't end with an S. So like Blackhawks, Flyers, uh, Capitals, it's not the Avalanches or the Lightnings as the hockey guy would say. It's Avalanche versus Lightning. No team with an S is in the Stanley Cup Finals. Or the Avs or the Bolts. They don't count. No, they don't count. They, yeah, yeah, those are just nicknames. But I mean, yeah, real actual names. No S's here, so let's let's not have any BS in this in this final, right? So another thing you wanted to bring up is something about Yager. Oh, Yimri Yager. This is the first Stanley Cup playoffs, or final at least, where he has not had a teammate play in the Stanley Cup finals. And that just says something about how long he's played in the league. I mean, that's the running joke, right? I mean, the, the man is is the true Iron Man of hockey. Like, the guy is probably going to play till he's 60. Let's be honest here. Yeah. The last 40 years, 40 years, people, he's he or a, a teammate of his has been in the playoffs. And this is the first year without it. This is going to be... So, I mean, that obviously means that this is going to be a crazy series as well. I mean, for the series at least, I mean, you're talking Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, you have the reigning Stanley Cup champions for the last two years. And I kind of look at that second one as, hey, it was a COVID season. It was a shorter season. It's kind of a gimme, especially on a team that has an oversized cap. I mean, that's one of the things about it. Um, but it's still, you have to give it to them. Regardless of the cap, the hurt, the injuries, they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals three times in a row. Right, I mean, Patty Maroon's just been relishing the entire thing, too. And I mean, Corey Perry even came over, because, I mean, he got, what, he's gotten beat by the Lightning in the last two Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> I mean, with Dallas and Montreal, which, I mean, so he's like, you know what, screw this, I'm, I'm sick of playing against uh, Tampa. I'm going to go play with Tampa. So, this begs the question, is the Corey Perry curse a little bit of like, is he going to lose in the playoffs with Tampa? I mean, this could be the year. 
I just think about Corey Perry. He's always there, right? And he's always there one way or another. A different team, stars, lightning, you pick it. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you look at the stars, you look at the Tempe Lightning. This is coming down to, I mean, not just, I think, depth, which I think Corey Perry brought to the Tempe Lightning. Well, and Montreal, um, too. And Montreal. You name it. Um, the fact that he's really not going to be playing a huge part of it, I don't really don't think he will. Um, especially when he was other teams. He was an abs killer. But right now, seeing what happened with the season series, Tampa Bay versus the Avalanche, wasn't a big factor. I still don't see him being a big factor. Um, it just because you have the Avalanche coming into this, you know, only losing two games. Tampa Bay lost five. Right. So, in reality, you think of his defensive and offensive play, wasn't a big difference. I don't think it will be a difference now. I... I- I see where you're coming from. I mean, Corey Perry, I mean, he has played less minutes uh, being on a Tampa Bay team. But, I mean, just going back to what you said about depth, I mean, obviously, that's what we talk about is Stanley Cup Finals. And, I mean, we're going to be relying on, uh, both teams are going to be relying a lot on their depth. So, you know, uh, if he can make a statement on the minutes that he does play, it, it could be, it could happen. But, uh, so, really, what's all that's left to do is actually see it on the ice yes yes and no i mean if he does something stupid like he always does he might not be on the ice very long that's true yeah, um, I mean, he, he has, has been this known for making stupid stupid plays uh and, but not only that i just feel like you know with cory perry the way he plays his game i mean he's not he gets in the spots he has some lucky spots right he's kind of there for the goals he doesn't really do a whole lot of you know making these spectacular plays throwing crazy passes or making these miraculous shots it doesn't happen i just think the team like the avalanche they're just going to shut him down like they did the, the, the game series they won twice in a row they shut the right players down, and obviously Corey Perry, I don't think, was one of those players they needed to really worry about. Well, so. I mean, well, you, you got to think about it this way as well. I mean, you got like Nikita Kucherov, uh, Steven Stamkos, and Andre Pilat is ha- looks like there's a firecracker cracker right up his crapper. Um, do you think the Avs are going to be a little busy worried about those guys? And do you think uh, Corey Perry will sneak through the cracks and be in those dirty areas to pick up the puck? I don't. I think the fact that, you know, Point is going to be probably missing for the first two games, maybe coming back in game three. Um, I just see Sorelli being one of the most people who might hop into that first line. Yeah. Centering the third line kind of thing, double shifting. Right. Um, But the fact that they didn't put Corey Perry into that position, even as a wing, kind of just makes you think that, hey, we don't have the confidence in this guy to play that position. When we need you, we need you. We just need you to play your game. I think that's where the coaches are for Tampa Bay, where the players are. We need you to be where we need you to be. Right. And just be simple. Don't overthink it. And I think that's what a lot of teams do when they play the Avalanche. Don't overthink it. Right? Play your game. Be cool. Just do your thing. And for me, I think Sorelli, he's going to be coming in. He's going to be, you know, taking in for Braden Point in the center line. On the first and third, like they've been doing, yeah, and continue to do that. But you see these wings; they're not very, you know, uh, pretentious in terms of points and in gameplay and assists. You see the top people who score the points are their centers. Yeah. So until Braden Point comes back, I don't see Prairie or any of these other guys really coming into the play. 
Um, even defensively, you, you have you have you know, Kilhorn, right? He's scratched right now. I don't think he's gonna be in there. So comes to defense, comes to wing, offensive, defensive play. I mean, a, a player like Perry really to me does not change the game a whole lot. All right, all right. Well, and then thinking about it, like the whole the whole series to me is uh, gonna be gonna come down to this. Um, yes, they have similar styles of play, but. I mean, they, uh, Tampa Bay has a defense that likes to sit back a little bit and kind of, uh, you know, uh, wait for their chances, whereas the D, uh, the defense of uh, the Avalanche like to like to just jump up, up in the play right away. So I really think this series is going to come down to who can play their game more, you know? I do, and for me, I just feel like the Avalanche, I mean, they care, are the, they're able. What, what game are you going to play? You want to hit? You want to play dump and chase. You want to play neutral zone. Play a one-four defense. You want to do whatever that you want to do. The Avs have an answer for it. I mean, they've shown it the last two games. Oh, like the whole season, really. I, th- I feel like. Yeah. I mean, play. I mean, power play. A very, very safe diamond from the Avalanche. Right. You have the one-four. They layer the neutral zone going into the offensive zone. They layer, um, and obviously the, the Lightning do the same thing. Right. But I just think the, the Avalanche have the speed and the depth and the skill level to play the game better. Um, so whoever has this neutral zone, to me, the neutral zone gameplay, like the Avalanche in the Edmonton Oilers series was, the neutral zone determined how the game is played. Right. If you don't have neutral zone covered, you're not gonna you're not gonna score any goals, or you're not gonna you're not gonna defend well. So for me, I think the one four compared to the diamond, the power play, or a better power play, there is a better um, neutral zone defense with the Avalanche. And I think they play a similar game. It just comes down to which team plays that game better. Right. Okay. And the depth. I don't think it has any really anything to do with you know uh, game planning or physicality or speed. It just comes down to who plays the neutral zone better, and they both play it so well. Oh well, yeah, I mean, listen. Like I said, they're like they're very similar teams. They're both speedy teams, skilled teams, and there there's uh, many positives on the defensive side. So what's all that's left is goaltending. We're going yeah. Vasilevsky, who's been arguably the best goaltender in the league for well, I mean, probably the better of the last three or four years, to Darcy Kipper and Pavel Francouz. Who gets the better of that, you know? You think about it, I mean, good defense prevents a lot of the, the shots, right? right? It prevents a lot of these chances from happening. For me, I just think it comes down to size and durability. I think, you know, Kemper, even Fran- Francouz, they have the durability. They have the flexibility. But the differences between them and Vasilevsky, I think, is this, the sheer size. He comes out almost to the hash marks. Right. On breakaways, knowing his, what his size is. And he can block the entire net. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, in terms of goaltending, for me, it's Vasilevsky has a bigger size. But in terms of quickness and durability, and I would the, easily yeah. give that to Kemper or, or, or Francis. Yeah. Um, but you come down to the goaltending, the size, 
and the luckiness that comes from size. Right. <laughs> um, I'm going to get the Vasilevsky. So the Avalanche definitely need to figure out where their shot map is. Look at where other people and other teams are, are taking these shots from. Right. Is it the top of the circle? Is it the hash marks? Blue line? High glove? Low glove? High blocker? Low blocker? Those are the things they have to figure out as they come into the offensive zone to really be Vasilevsky. Taking away the eyes, getting him, in, getting him to move from left to right a lot, left to right a lot. Oh, yeah, I get it. I see it. So, I mean, like I said, this is going to be... This is going to be one way of the series. And on top of that, speaking of defense, I mean, you have the Avalanche, you know, all the speed. Um, not to obviously you have Nathan McKinnon. You have, I think, some a player that does not get talked about a lot for his speed. You have Nashuskin coming in in the corner. He wins just about every single battle of the corner you want him to do. Just so incredible defensively um, as well. Just once, so responsible. Yeah. And when he's in the corner, you're able to move the puck left to right behind the goalie, getting him to shift. And there's those plays where you have McKinnon open, Ranton open, you know, you have Kadri in the slot for a one-timer. Those are the kind of plays where I think that will get Vasilevsky. Yeah. Um, other than that, the abs cannot be in a pressure point where they're in their, zone, their own zone for 45, 50 seconds, over a minute, because that's when they start breaking down. For real. And uh, just kind of like defensive zone mistakes that we saw in previous like uh, series. Yeah, I mean, like Johnson or the Johnson and Johnsons, both of those pairs let just throw up the boards. And you can't do that with a team like, like uh, Tampa Bay. Well, and, and, and you did see, you know, Colorado actually starting to quell that by actually scanning it a little bit more before making that outlet pass. So I think you got to see that a lot more against uh, Tampa Bay this, this series. Especially when Vasilevsky is 6 3. On his feet, not on skates. Yeah. You know, and the the net's four foot tall. It's yeah. been four feet for over you know, two hundred years, so nothing's gonna change about that. The good old four by six. Yeah, and then you have a guy who plays goalie as good as he does. That's the game changer. I don't think you know that the Lightning would have gotten past the Rangers without Vasilevsky. No way. Um, all their series could be arguably the same reason. You know, everyone had good scoring chances. It's just the fact that. They're able, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning are able to come back after two games, reassess what's happening, change their play in front of the goalie, and then they take off from this two, three, four game streak that you've seen in all the series they've been in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, that just really depends on what kind of mood Vasilevsky's in, where he's at, and, and what and the way you're attacking him. Um, but the, the stats are there. The shot points are there. The graphs are there. The data is there. Yeah. It just depends on when you are able to take those shots. I'm that big of a goalie where he's positioned. He plays position so well. Right, right, right. Um, but again, Darcy Kemper, same thing. I mean, he, I mean, he's a pretty big goalie. I mean, he's not. I mean, he's six, he's six foot. I mean, three inch difference. Yeah. Right? I mean, you talk three inches compared to a puck coming at you 96 miles an hour. That could be a big difference. Oh, right? Totally. Or versus, you know, Pavel Van Cruz. You know, there's also the same thing. You just can have a spaz-tastic goalie out there, like Flurry, for example. Those are the teams that are that will win the series. Defensive play and goalie positioning. Right? Absolutely. So. All right. Well, so, well, we've got a huge series on our hands and, I mean, pretty good breakdown there. So... Just before we move it on, I'll move on to the Dave Zamboni's pick of the pick of the epi. Uh, there is one more thing that you wanted to talk about. Do you want to elaborate us on the recent McDavid sighting? Before that, I wanted to just throw out maybe some records. I'm taking or a pick. 
I'm picking Avs in five. I think, you know, I'm, you can't sit here and go back to Tampa without them winning one game, I feel like, in the Stanley Cup Finals. Absolutely. If the Avs sweep them, by God, fantastic, right? But, it's, I mean, I think they're taking at least one game in the first four. Um, no teams coming out of this either two wins or one loss. I wouldn't be surprised if it's one-to-one -one going back to Tampa. Right. Um, but I just wanted to just throw that out there. What are your picks, Cody? I, I have the Gavs in five games. Um, you know what? Tampa Bay Avalanche is going to be a tight series. It's going to be such a tight series. But I got to go Avs in seven. This is going to be a battle. This is going to be an absolute battle. And you know what? Um, you know, the Avs are, I mean, uh, like unbeaten on the road. But, you know, that might change. You know, someone, I, I feel like we're at least going to trade wins on the, uh, like, on the road. Oh, totally. I don't see it happening in Pepsi Center. But I think after they lose one or, or you know, or they come back to home, I think the Tampa Bay might win one game. That's why I'd say abs in, in five. Yeah. Um, um, especially our record at home in the regular season. We, we killed them. Over five goals apiece in both games. Right. And um, we've only lost, though, in the playoffs at home. Yeah, we're, we're I mean, still on, uh, the Avs are still unbeaten on the road. So I mean, you gotta you gotta you gotta look at that with confidence. But I, I'm still gonna say Avs in seven. I love it. I love it. I mean, it could be a hard fought series, but I'm picking them in five. But yeah, I mean, in terms of you know what's happening here in terms of hockey news besides the playoffs, <laughs> it did blow my mind how you know. It, bring it back a second. I watched this whole thing on YouTube about a week ago about McDavid. And he had this whole nice house, and he introduced his girlfriend. Oh, and yeah, yeah. All these things was awesome. I was like, wow, I wish I had that house, and what does he do? Obviously, it's hockey. But to have that kind of house and, and her being there. Oh, look at this lovely life that they have together. It'd be different if I watched this YouTube series, like, I don't know, two years ago. Would have been different, right? But, you know, seeing her and then seeing what happened this weekend, we have a lot of cameras around McDavid, and he was obviously out at the bars drinking a little bit and got a little too comfortable with himself and uh he got caught holding hands and kissing a girl um uh, before she got in the car for an uber so he was not miss uh miss mcdavid if you will not miss mcdavid no it's miss mcdavid and by the way I just, just for I record ju i just can't even think of her name right now so i'm just gonna call and just for record we don't know if he's still with the same girlfriend or not but uh if he is uh oh yeah and you know what i I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a huge fan of that TMZ kind of like, oh, who's 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 uh, who's screwing who and who's out with who. But I mean, you gotta think, bro. Like, you are one of the most recognized hockey players on the earth in Canada, out with somebody who is not your. It's girlfriend. like Aaron Rodgers walking around in Canada. That's oh, no, what walking that around Green Bay with some girl that's not yeah. his wife or whatever. You know, he's walking around like you're the most recognizable hockey player ever. Yeah, you're gonna get some. You're gonna get some lucky lose, and obviously somebody's gonna be taking pictures. Like, bro, uh, keep your day jobs, keep playing hockey, because obviously you're not that bright, bud. Exactly. And again, for the record, we don't know if he's with the same girl, not married or not. But the fact of the matter is, he is a face of the NHL, and young kids look up to him. And you look up to people, and you try to act the same way they do. Like, yeah, like right? young kids like the eyes. So does not put a good look in the Edmonton Oilers' eyes, the 
the eyes of his girlfriend or his own eyes yeah or, or your own faith as a karmic david it does not go well and it just surprises me that you know someone who is so smart on the ice does something so dumb off the ice and that, that's exactly why i say dude keep your day job keep playing hockey because you're not that bright otherwise bruv you know i don't know i and i mean if you've listened to this podcast you've you you know that I'm not the biggest fan of Conor McDavid, anyways. But I mean, that was that was so dumb. That was so dumb. I mean, come on, bro. But yeah, we don't know the like the specifications status of their relationship. Maybe you know they're maybe they're polyamorous. I don't know. You know, <laughs> uh, maybe maybe he was taking her home to meet the missus. Yeah, I don't maybe know. Maybe McDavid likes two on ones. Who knows? Well, I mean, on the ice he does. So maybe he likes it on uh, you know on the sheets too. Who knows? But Either way, <laughs> messages. Keep your own stick in your own hands. All right, only shoot one puck. Yeah, and if you're out in public, bro, get a little smarter. <laughs> Please do. Oh, by the way, I have to bring this up. Speaking of tears, you know, this is a sad story. But, it, you know, Marshawn, this is the one year where he, they pictured him crying after losing his Stanley Cup final. Oh, uh, well, yeah, he's had a couple times where he's been crying for sure. I mean, for someone to be such an asshole all the fucking time, and then he decides to cry, I'm like, hey, I had a door in his face. You know, I think a lot of players should. I know, but I mean, <laughs> hey, man, you know, Stanley Cups, I, like, you know, if I was working so hard to get to a Stanley Cup and I didn't win, I'd probably cry too. I mean, I'd cry at freaking, you know, those stupid commercials where that little daughter leaves the bunny in dude's suitcase and he opens it up in Asia or wherever he goes, you know, whatever. <laughs> like those blue bunny commercials? Like, see, oh, I mean, shit, I cry at the end of Goon every time when he, uh... When he's in the in the locker room, you know, and the and the horn sounds, and he's like, "I think I got him." You know, I'm getting teared up just thinking about it. Or I'll, I'll cry at the end of uh, you know, Miracle. I don't know, but uh, hey, uh, so I I mean, obviously because it's Marshan, you, you, you know, you gotta kind of giggle about it because yeah, all the uh, all this uh, all this facade that he puts up and stuff. So yeah, he's gotta point out some of the shit these guys do when they're in off season. Yeah, sure, for sure. Everyone's human, but yeah. you also got to be a good human. And it comes down to it. Yeah, so. for real. So, you know. But, you know, that's kind of a curse, it seems, for the Bruins, right? And speaking of curses, we got a few to talk about. Yeah, actually, this episode is going to be dedicated to uh, a few, few different curses, like traditions of the playoffs. And we're going to look all into that. We're going to talk about where it came from, you know, kind of. Just like the ins and outs of them. Uh, but before we get to that, we are going to kick it over to Dave Zamboni for Dave's Zamboni's Pick of the Week. And this one's a little special just because of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think you might might know where I'm heading if you're a Zamboni's and an Avs fan. But uh, for without further ado, I'll let Dave uh, uh, explain the rest. So, Dave, take it away, brother. Thanks, Beaks. Dave from the Zambonis here for your Zamboni song of the day. And how perfect is it that it's called Avalanche? Um, in the background, we're mentioning names in this song. with Sackick, Lemieux, Forsberg, Ozilinch, and of course, 33, Patrick Waugh. Um, we were just thrilled that Quebec came over and uh, landed in Denver. Uh, the Avalanche were amazing. What a first year. 
you had to write a song about that. But this was before they won the cup. It was during the run, and uh, they brought us out. We played a playoff game out there, played the Bluebird Theater. And uh, as Beeks knows, we're rewriting the song uh, tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. and bringing in McKinnon, McCarr, and a couple other guys, and uh, we're going to refresh it because go Avs. so much dave we always love 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 those zambonis picks and i gotta say being an avalanche fan that was probably the best one so far you can always catch the zambonis on spotify and Bandcamp. go over to Bandcamp, buy a couple of their albums buy buy a shirt you know they're great guys they love it Moving on, we uh, we promised you a little bit of you know tradition, like playoff traditions, some myths. So let's get yeah, into we it. We did. Why do these things happen, right? So we were going to talk about a little bit of these playoff beards. Like why do they even happen? And some of the trophies, why don't touch them? And then maybe hit on some of these uh, similarities between some of the past Avalanche teams compared to the. Teams now. I mean, being Avs fans, we can't really, uh, you know, stray away from it too much. You know, we're biased already. <laughs> well, I mean, if you if you, if you only listen to like an, one other of our episodes, so yeah, let's start with playoff beards. Playoff beards are so popular with, like, I mean, they are synonymous with uh, the hockey, uh, the hockey community, the the you know the playoffs. Uh, so we're gonna take a look at how the uh, the playoff beard actually got started. So um, w- through my r- research and my findings, there there is a couple of uh, there's a couple of accounts uh, about where this actually started. So we're gonna take this back to to the 1980s. We're gonna go to the New York Islanders, that incredible four peat. 
back with, you know, Mike Bossy, Trottier, you know, battling Billy Smith. So it turns out that a lot of hockey historians agree that the playoff beer tradition started in Long Island. It was it wasn't actually a planned occurrence as as Bobby Nice Nystrom actually just started growing a beard. Growing a beard and you know, everybody else kinda just followed suit. It started out pretty organically as the hockey writers wrote on one of their articles. So it really just kinda came up like, oh yeah, we're all just kinda growing beards because, you know, we're we're growing beards. But it's also one of those things like as a male you just love to sit there and grow a nice beard. It really is. I mean, you know, you, like that is the one thing that is just uh, it has always been kind of like a uh, a point of pride for uh, a man to, to just grow a nice, hearty beard, isn't it? It is. And a lot of these guys are married. This might be the one time you get to just grow one. Just let it out. Well, yeah, where your wife, uh, where your wife can't say no, you can't, you can't shave this beard. Like, I get it. You're in the, you're in the Stanley Cup. Uh, playoffs. I mean, I guess I'm gonna have to deal with it. I mean, or I mean, for me, I was talking shit off the bench. Hey, '92, you got a nice fucking beard. Your sister, I, you know, me too. I think it just likes the way it feels in her thigh, kind of thing. You know, uh, which is always great too. And you know what's great about it too is that uh, even like the guys who can't grow a beard. I mean, throughout the playoffs, uh, uh, you know, everybody's been giving Kale McCarr a whole bunch of guff because. Well, the, the kid just strictly can't grow a beard, but I mean, you still see him with, you know, that, you know, uh, the referee, the rubbish, the, you know, just like what he can do. He's, he's still growing it. <coughs> Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. A little peach fuzz. Still killing everybody in the league. <laughs> little baby killing all the men. It's oh, all good. Right. Uh, but, uh, and then, all right, so going back to the origin of the story is that also the 1984-85 Detroit Red Wings were actually apparently the first documented team to actually grow a beard. And uh, actually, uh, the wings forwards, Ivan uh, Boldirev and Danny Gare, I don't know if I'm saying that right, uh, tried to inspire the team to win four straight games by saying, don't shave your beards, boys, don't shave your beard. And so, uh, thus, uh, you know, even even in like North America, ho- uh, American hockey from there then on really just kind of like grappled on to the idea of the, you just don't shave the beard when you're going through for the ship. Oh, exactly, and uh, it was defenseman Brad Park. He called it his first playoff beard, and then it just kind of became a phrase, right? Yeah, thus uh, bo- uh, birthing, I suppose you would say the the thing that almost every hockey fan and hockey player holds so, so dear to their heart. And then from then on, it was just, uh, you know, it was go. And there's only a couple players that actually have shaved their beard, like, mid-playoffs to, you know, maybe change their luck. I mean, uh, Roberto Luongo in, uh, in I believe it was the Vancouver Canucks uh, Boston series where he actually shaved his beard to try and switch their luck up. But we all know how that goes. I mean, you know... <laughs> Uh, riots in Vancouver and you know Boston bringing home their uh, their uh, last ship so far. So don't shave your playoff beard. If you play hockey or not, don't ever, don't, don't ever shave that beard. So I mean, uh, and you know what that that is one of the traditions and just niches of hockey that we all hold so dear. So it was, it was, it's kind of nice to know actually where it came from. Well, a little segue here, you know. Besides the beard, you know. You can touch your beard all you want to and play with it, but the, it's not a trophy, right? But there are certain trophies you shouldn't touch, correct? 
Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, the conference finals trophies, the uh, the Campbell Bowl, and the Prince of Wales t- trophy. There has been a long-standing tradition, you know, not like, oh, do you touch it? Do you not? Is it bad luck to touch it? Are you going to win the Stanley Cup if you do or you don't touch it? And we actually have some statistics, a little bit of a, a little background insight into it. So, honestly, up until 1997, not a lot of folks even worried about it. I mean, for me, like, there's things like in football, like the Madden curse, right? Like you're putting the Madden curse in NFL, the video game, your team's going to lose, right? And it's always been the same. Don't touch the trophy after you win a final. Oh, yeah. Don't touch it. But, you know, for me... I know this has been broken forever. You're talking about it's been like, you know, 60, 50% of the time. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But for me, you know, for I've grown up watching hockey was watching Ovechkin touch it, then watching the Avs touch it, and the Tampa Bay Lightning touch it. For me, it's like it kind of broke the curse. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, oh, they broke the curse. They won it. Oh. Y'all do it. Now you now you do touch it. It's kind of how it was for me. How do you feel about that? Now, if there's, now that's the, pro, that's the question. Is there actually a curse? So, like I was saying, like, since 97, no one really cared until Eric Lindros, uh, the, uh, you know, when the Flyers were going going to the ship, he chose not to touch it. And uh, from out of, out of nowhere, it was just like, oh, so you don't touch it. You don't touch it. You don't touch it. It's weird. It's kind of like dress for the job you want, not the job that you're aiming for. Right. Kind of thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> But, uh, you know, what, what's crazy is uh, 22 out of 30 teams, like, after 1997, who who chose not to touch it actually didn't win the Stanley Cup. There were eight teams that actually touched it since 97 in this Intel, Intel 2004, that chose not to touch it. 22 teams didn't touch it, and none of them won the Stanley Cup. And then, didn't Steve Eiserman break that? Uh, that? That Steve Eiserman was one of the ones within that time that actually touched it ah. and still won it. So well, there you go. So this this continued on until two thousand four. No, I think it was in nineteen ninety nine. He had a uh, Sabres captain Mike Pekka. He didn't touch it with the Wales. Right, and then they did win the cup. No, they ended up losing uh, to the oh, Dallas Stars. Did they? Yeah, the infamous was the was Brett Hall's foot in the crease or not goal. So even in even in two thousand four, Dave Anderchuk didn't touch it. That's when it changed. They actually went on to win the Stanley Cup against Jerome Kenla, who actually touched the Campbell Cup. Holy moly! So it furthered that idea of you know don't touch the cup, don't touch the cup. And uh, so, since 2005, get this, only one Western Conference team has touched the Campbell Bowl. The Vegas Golden Knights, who lost in their Stanley Cup final against who? The Washington Capitals. Opening year. Yeah. But, over the years, I'm going to throw you a huge stat right here. Give it to the listeners. Give it to me. Yeah. All right. So, trophy touchers have been successful in winning the Stanley Cup 58% of the time since 1997. So roughly 60% of the time, if you touch it, you'll win. Yeah, 11 wins, 8 losses. So 40% if you don't. 11 losses, 14, uh, 11 wins, 14 losses. 
So, is this really a curse? Like, I mean, it seems like it's really just a, if your team's good, win it, you know? So, it almost, to me, it almost seems like it doesn't matter if you touch it. I don't either. I mean, it just really comes down to, yeah, it's a trophy. It's there. You want it. It's not the one you want, obviously. But I don't think touching it or not touching it really makes a difference. I mean, if it was, like, you know, a 90% kind of stat, I'd be freaking out. Oh, yeah, that'd be, like, that would be, Or 75% like, oh. of the time, I'll take the extra quarter and not touch it. Absolutely a statistical anomaly. I mean, you would think that there's actually something to this, but, I mean... For the longest time in my life, I thought, you know, yeah, don't touch it, don't touch it. And when I, and when I look at that stat, I'm like, well, I guess it doesn't really matter. It does not matter. Especially, you know, I mean, we're 30, 32 years old, right? 31, 32 years old. And we're looking at this watching hockey as long as we have for maybe 20 years. Yeah, it was a thing. But now it's like, hey, it's whatever, you know? No, and I mean, you even look back. I mean, even the Avs in 2001, Joe touched it, you know? And... Now, I mean, even still to this day, the media, uh, everybody, like the announcers, players, make such a big deal out of it. But when you look at that stat, it's like, it doesn't really matter. Um, then you just go on to think about it, though. Like, even if you have anything at over 50% of the time, you think about that, right? And say, maybe I wouldn't, wouldn't do it. But this is, you know, for me, I would rather touch it than not touch it. Yeah, I mean, it's so close. Like, I mean, touch the damn thing. Who gives a shit at this point, right? I agree. And to be honest, everything, every fan, every hockey player has their own kind of, you know, you know, kind of different, uh, you know, things they follow. I mean, let's be honest. Hockey players are a superstitious bunch, man. That's what I'm looking for. Superstitious. I think every fan is. Maybe every fan, every player does a certain thing to hope they win the cup, right? But really, you know, if the players are out there on the ice and they want it, they're going to put out the kind of performance you want. Oh, exactly. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm here to say, like, Mythbusters, this myth is busted. For real. <laughs> and, for say, real. <laughs> and, you know, kind of say, hey, touch it. Do what you want to do. If you want to win the cup, you win the cup, right? Right, absolutely. All right, so moving on to our last, like, conspiracy myth or whatever is the President's cro- Trophy curse. Well, one thing. I think the Islanders, real quick, they were the team that won. Real quick, I want to talk about how many times the team won the cup, right? Oh, I mean, Islanders four times in a row. In the four 80s. times in a row. And you have Lightning coming up on three. So look how close to history they are. I mean, they're about to fucking tie the goal. Yeah. About to tie it. Well, they're about to be one shy if they win this year. If they win, yes. But, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. Let's hope not. Right, uh, listeners? What? You agree I mean, with us, right? I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. What are you talking about? This but no, is hey, it's pretty cool to think about how the Islanders did it three times in a row. Four. Four times in a row. Okay, yeah. So the, so the Lightning are getting kind of close there. Yeah, they still got their work cut out for them. I just want to throw it out there for you fans, just so you know what's going on. That's all. Uh, I mean, if if I mean if they're anywhere on social media or listen to anything that Tampa Bay Lightning's got to say, they're probably well aware for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and I mean they've been President's Trophy winners and didn't win it. So, what I want to do is bring me into our third and final curse, if you will, or tradition curse, whatever you want to call it. The Curse of the President's Trophy. Yes. Right. All right. So check this out. 
I mean, if you're a hockey fan, you know the the curse of the President's Trophy. Best record in the league. If you if you get the best record in the league, you get the President's Trophy. You don't win the Stanley Cup. Is it true? Is it not? There's something to be said here. I mean, uh, we saw the, the Florida Panthers get swept in the second round. The Avs lost it in the second round last year. Uh, there's only been a handful of teams, I think, 2008 is the last time uh, anybody with the, uh, that won the President's Trophy that actually won the Stanley Cup, if I'm if I'm incorrect. It's correct. What do we think about this, Bryce? What do you think about this? Oh, God. President's Trophy. I think about it all the same way. I mean, if you are going to be the team that's the hottest in the season, the best record, you should be favored. Obviously, you should be favored. But, I mean, I do think that there's things in the regular season that alters that. I mean, you have teams that don't have their full their full roster, right? Or different goalie, those kinds of things. Right. Um, but I don't think that, you know, you walk into a situation where the situation where the Panthers were in. They had a perfect picture situation. They didn't have a very hard conference. They didn't have a very hard division. Um, they walked into it and they lost. I mean, it was lost. I mean, playoff hockey is so much different. I mean, the video from preseason is, in the season is way different than playoff hockey. Oh, yeah. I mean, even Tampa Bay, when yeah. they won the President's Trophy, they got, they got swept by Columbus. Exactly. You know, so what what begs to uh, what begs the question is this is a true curse. So let's, uh, let's look at some stats real quick. We got here 12 teams that have won the President's Trophy trophy since 1982 have gone all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. 45%, right? Yep. So, three quarters of those teams have won the Cup. Nine out of 12. That's not bad. That doesn't seem not too bad. Nope. 19 have made it to at least the Conference Finals. 70%. And when you look at what's happening now, the Avalanche in the, t- in the 96, in 2001 Avalanche, I'm sorry, won the President's Cup. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of similarities here to the team that won the Cup in 01 compared to the team now. There is. They won the President's Cup, right? Um, but I don't necessarily think the President's Cup matters when you're in the playoffs when you lose certain teammates, right? You lose certain people. People are injured. Those things are altered for sure. But, I mean, besides that, I mean, it was up for grabs for Florida to get. Um, but just for me, the way that things are playing out with the, the playoffs right now, just so similar to the way that the 0-1 team for the Avalanche won the Cup. It's very similar. Absolutely. Um, won the President's Cup. Made big trades at deadline. That made more importance in your depth of your team. Well, I mean, and look at that. Um, Tampa Bay and Colorado did not win the President's Trophy this year. So They didn't. They didn't. Um, so you look at that and you go, wow, well, now we do have the kind of that President's Trophy kind of luck because you know Florida lost. Now you do have home ice advantage. Yeah, no you kind of yeah you kind of feel like relieved, you know. So I mean, there's something to be said, but yeah, like I mean, you spoke about similarities to the 2001 uh, Colorado Avalanche Cup run. So let's break that down real quick. I mean, for me, you know, obviously I spoke about it once. It's the trade deadline with Rob Blake, right? Oh yeah. You get people like Cogliano. Stern, you get Lekkinen. I mean, you got all these players. And the year before that, you got got Cat. Two years before that, you got Kadri. 
you know, you're you're starting to build that depth, right? Those crucial players that you know can get you into the next round, who right. have experience in Stanley Cup playoffs, absolutely to get there. I mean, that's the, that's the main difference for me, and and the similarities between a one and this year, right? Big trade deadline moves. Second thing, goaltending. Holy crap. I mean, <laughs> you're not going to compare anyone to, to you know, Patrick Waugh, right? I mean, it's really hard to uh, yeah. <laughs> until you win a cup. So, really? I mean, until these guys win a cup, you know, you have people like Pavel Francouz. You have, you know, uh, Kemper out there. I mean, these are goalies that, you know, you haven't had very long, but they're doing just as dramatic things as you saw, saw in a one that saves the... Just throwing your whole body out there, just going no yard sale for a save, right. um, to get yourself into that position to win a cup, right? right. So I mean, the goaltending is there. Um, also, you have a lot of you. You had a cadre, right? He's out with a thumb. Who knows to come back? Maybe it's game three. So, but it's kind of weird how Forsberg was out with a spleen, and he was, you know, a center like Cadre. Went down in the third round. Went down third round and didn't play. But I mean, I mean, it could change. Kadri is on a spleen. It's a thumb injury. He had surgery. He's on the ice today. Um, but you think about other things like that. You know, it's very similar. Um, and how it could be one here in Colorado as well? Yeah, right. Uh, well, the similarities for me. I mean, you've, you've got these Avs journeymen. You know, you've got Eric Johnson, Gabe Landeskog. Uh, you know, Nathan McKinnon that have that have been around for a while and then uh yeah you have those top deadline acquisitions and i mean the easiest one to pick out i mean we're playing a team in florida again you know so i mean yeah Yeah. there are there are some similarities if you want to look for them for sure and so i mean will history repeat itself or will lightning strike three times in the same place will you know will an avalanche cover up that lightning strike you do i mean it's 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 going to be interesting, and I, 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 for one, am so excited for it. I'm ready for it to go. Uh, so let's get it going. And, you know, uh, everybody, you know, everybody's had this time off, like such a long break, especially for the Avalanche now. Tampa, Tampa's got a bit of time uh, to rest. So, you know, it's going to be it's going to be all out war. It really is. So I'm, I'm excited for it. I hope you guys are ready for it. Um other than that, I think that's all that's left to be said. I'm with you 100% there, buddy. I mean, we're biased, but I think everyone knows who's winning this cup at the end of the day. <laughs> and to be honest, I think enough lightning strikes will cause an avalanche. Oh, wow. That was clever. And uh, lightning likes water. Melted or not. <laughs> well, you know, up in these mountains, you know, it's uh, water always freezes, so... Well, who knows? I mean, uh, I'm I'm excited for uh, a super awesome uh, playoff series. It's been a long time coming, so here we go. Fortune nature versus fortune nature. Let's do it. Yeah, true that. Absolutely. You know. So, um, yeah. So, uh, I think that's all we've got for today. Uh, huge thank you always to Dog Nation, um, my beer nation. Uh, you got any thank yous want to say? Uh, I just have a big thank you to say for this fan base out here in Colorado. Um, we have an amazing fan base. Just seeing what we did after the Oilers game here, um, after game two, after game two, sorry, five. Yeah. Um, seeing Van and what he did in the fan base, you know, I think, I don't think that there's a more bigger fan base that deserves what we do. Um, and what we've been through 
as as a state, the shootings, the the crazy shit that's going on. I just think that this is a time for us to do it. This is our time, and I think the community deserves it. So, big big thank you to Abs fans. Big thank you, um, you know, to our sponsors, My Beer Nation, um, My Dog Nation, my family, girlfriend, all those small, you know, the small and big all people, small in my life, all the small things. Oh, all the small things matter. Oh. But no, that's why I give a shout out to you. And uh, this podcast has been great. Right on. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so also thank you uh, to all our supporters out there. We love you so much. Keep uh, keep the dream alive. And thank you to the Zambonis, Dave Zamboni, as always, for our amazing Zambonis picks. So, and, and always, uh, oh, big shout out to Nick. He couldn't be here tonight, so... Uh, get big shout out to him. You Nikki know. boys protecting people at the weed shops. At the weed shops. At the weed so, shops. shout out to Nikki boy. So uh, in that in that case, so uh, check uh, check on the bench with Beaks out on uh, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and as always, you can stream on the bench with Beaks on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Castbox, Podvine, Podbean, Verbal, and Pocket Cast. Until our next episode, please have a good time. Enjoy the Stanley Cup Finals and be harsh. We want the cup. Go Avs. Salut. Let's try the damn thing. See what happens.